Aloha. It is football season. Can I get a chihu over there, right? But what comes with football season comes really stress sometimes. Can I get a witness, right? I mean, like, as a football coach, this is my seventh season. Um, one thing we have to deal with is injuries. And with injuries, there is a process. Everybody tell your neighbor process, all right? And you may not know, but there's always processing going on. How many of you can give me a big chihu for spam? Can I get a witness, right? Well, that's a process. Can I get a witness, right? There, there is processes in our lives. And for the football player, when they are injured, they have a process to recovery. In fact, we have a couple cases right now in our program where we have some uh, players that are injured with a concussion. And there are three different to four different levels of concussions that have different processes of recovering from that. The most extreme would be if they are out for two weeks, they can't look at anything with light. So they can't use their phone. They can't watch TV. They can't be outside where it's very bright. They need to be in a setting where there's dim light. Because there needs to be a recovery that takes place. There's a process. And then after that, they go to a physical test. They have to run a mile without stopping. Then they have to do some drills and agility movements for the trainers to release them when they're fully recovered. Now you may say, why are you telling me about this recovery? I'm not a football player. I'm not an athlete. It really does not apply to me. Well, it does. Because if we talk about a spiritual process of the human heart, it's, it connects with the physical process of, athlete, of athletes. What do I mean by that? A lot of us in this room, no matter what lifestyle we came from, we can say that we have either experienced or we are experiencing some kind of brokenness. Can I get an amen out there, right? Every one of us has, you could say, a spiritual concussion. We have issues with our mind, with our heart, with our na'al, right? The pu'uvai, where, where we need to recover from. Some of you are, like I, this week, I've done a funeral. Some of you are probably dealing with death in the family. Some of you are probably dealing with a divorce. Some of you are probably dealing with financial difficulties. Some of you may even be dealing with some hard-head kolohe kids. Can I get a witness out there, right? I mean, we had like 50 of them at my house yesterday, right? And I don't have a big house, right? I like to think that we are in a humble abode in the homestead. But you put 50-something JV boys at Hawaiian homestead. Poor toilet. Can I get a witness, right? Poor toilet, right? Like, like, and, I, and I get fed up when these people come to my house and they don't leave it the way they, they started at. Does that make sense? And so... My heart, my heart, I catch feelings when stuff like that happens. Not saying that the boys did that yesterday, but there's situations where that happens. And what happens is every one of us have experienced a brokenness or where we are experiencing brokenness right now. As that song says, right? There is joy, help me out, in my brokenness. Can I get a witness out there? If we always defined our life by what happened... And what did not happen, then what joy becomes is temporary. Amen? But in all reality, joy is not based on our circumstances. 
Only one yeah out there. Praise the Lord. We'll take it. Joy is based on our position. What is our position based on? Well, our, our position can only be based on two things. The nature of sin. Okay. Or the nature of the spirit. Let me say that again. Our joy is defined by our position. And it really can only, it can really only be defined in two ways. The nature of sin, heva, what separates us from God, or the nature of the Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Well, we are in tune with God through His Spirit. And as we continue on through our series on Jesus is our healer today, through our book study of the Gospel of Mark, there's some evidence that we're going to see that puts people's joy on their on their circumstance or on their position. Today, by the time this message is pow, I want you to decide today, where is your joy? Is your joy in circumstances or is your joy in Jesus this morning? Would you stand with me in the reading of God's word? If you are new to our fellowship, we hold God's word very high. It is the utmost value in our hearts because the written word points us to the living word. Say that with me. The written word points us to the living word. His name is Jesus. We are a Jesus-focused, gospel-urgent, Christ-centered church. What does that mean? We love to talk about Jesus. Not just as a prophet, not just as a man in the flesh, but our God. Our Lord and our Savior. And Mark, the most kolohe brother of all. Okay? We talked about brother Mark for the last half a year. He was kolohe. And if there's anybody can, can give us hope in scripture. All right, Jesus is our hope. But anybody in human form that falls from God's glory, it would be brother Mark. He knows what it means to fall short of the glory of God. Jesus continues on with this healing passage. He just healed a demonic possessed man in the north side of Galilee. Now he's crossing back over the sea, back home probably to Capernaum, his hometown. And right when he gets there, we continue picking up in verse 21 of chapter 5 of the Gospel of Mark. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great what? Crowd gathered about him. And he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And and he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made, say it with me, well, and immediately 
that down the road. Immediately, the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Can I get a chihu up in this room, saints of God? You know what I'm saying? And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And then his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressuring around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Praise the Lord. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear. Help me out. Only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came out to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, say that word, arise. And immediately, that word again, immediately, the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. Epule kako. God, wow, so much words, so much understanding. God, we don't need a message from a man. We need clarity from your spirit this morning. Holy Spirit of God, would you give us manao and ike, insight of what this text means exegetically. Oh, Jesus, help us to be desperate for you. May your written word reveal you, the living word. We love you. We praise you. Even when our thoughts are about to distract us, Holy Spirit of God, govern our minds with your glory. I beg you, we don't need another Sunday morning church at Ohana Church. Going through the motion. We need our pu'uvai to be cut, Jesus. We need you from the inside out. We need you. Give clarity where there's no clarity. In Jesus' name we pray. God's ohana say loud and proud. Amen. You may be seated. Noho ilalo. There's really one thing I want to drive this morning. And I want you to say it. It's up on the screen right now for me. But say it with me. One, two, three. Healing is provided. Now I want you to say it like you actually believe it in the context of what we just read. One, two, three. Healing is provided. 
And I want you to see that in our verses today. I don't want you to see that healing is provided because first off, you are a testimony of being healed. That is all good. That is all cool. That is all dandy. I want you to see that your physical healing is actually the outpour and outcry of what we read today. Today we see Jesus, who is a God who heals. Can I get a witness of that? Thank God that God heals. Can I get a witness, right? Thank God that He heals. But today I want to give clarity. I want to give clarity about healing. Now, if you grew up in the denomination I grew up in, we use healing as a charade. We use healing as a circus, literally. When my mom was on her deathbed for seven, for twelve, seven days, she died on Easter Sunday of 2007, we had people from the church, and we wailed and wailed and wailed, cried out to God inside the, the waiting room. Nobody else wanted to come in the waiting room because there's some crazy pupuli Hawaiians inside this waiting room begging God to free my mama from her stroke. But mom wasn't freed from her stroke. As much of as we cried and we prayed genuinely for her to be healed, she was never healed. She died seven days later on Easter Sunday. So the only question to that, is God not a God of healing then? Was my mama not good enough to be healed? Why, why, wasn't, why was so-and-so healed from cancer, but my mom not healed from her stroke? Why did we see healing with Jairus' daughter as well as this woman with the issue of blood healed? But my mom was not. I thought we were scriptural people. I thought we believed and we should experience what the Bible says we have to experience. Where is the contradiction in this text? I want to let you know that when we read the Bible through our own mindset... It is easy for the enemy, the one we talked about last week, the devil, right, to pervert scripture. And so what I want to do is I want to give clarity on what healing means in the scriptures and what healing means for us today. Now, we're not talking about, you know, the medicine we use. Those are all forms of healing. We're talking about supernatural healing, what we call miracles, signs, and wonders. And in this idea of and truth and reality that healing is provided, there's really two stories I want to affirm. The first story, we see a father pursuing healing for his daughter. And secondly, we see a woman seeking healing for herself. Both situations have the same need, but they're expressed differently in their lifestyle. The father, for instance, is going on behalf of his daughter. The woman is going on behalf of herself. And so the question is, why did these two different people seek Jesus for healing? Let me say that question again. Why did these two different people seek Jesus for their healing? I want to give you two responses for clarity. Right now, number one, the physical response. They heard of Jesus' ministry of healing. If you go all the way back to chapters 2 and chapters 3, you see very clearly that Jesus did healing. He did two specific healings. One, healing a paralytic man who could not walk all his life. And the other, healing a man with a withered hand. 
right? People saw that, people heard that, people experienced that. So when Jesus landed on the shore of Galilee on the opposite side of where he came from, it said that it started differently from where he left. Where he left last week, people asked him to get out of their town, get out of this city. They rejected Jesus. Now we have a group of people. It said multitudes. Multitudes could mean thousands upon thousands upon thousands met Jesus at the shore. And I got to believe this. Those multitudes multituded from verse from chapter 2 and 3. Are you with me? So the physical answer is that these two people, Jairus and this woman with the issue of blood, experienced Jesus around chapter 2 and chapter 3. So that experience moved them to what we see today. In the letter of 1 John, John gives us clear example of what this experience was like during the times of Jesus. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have what? Heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our own hands. Concerning the word of life, that is who? Jesus, right? The life that was made manifested and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was the Father and was made manifested to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you. Why? We'll read on. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. Say those two words with me. Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that... You guys hear me? Ready? You guys ready? We, Kanakamaole, Spanish, Haole, Asians, listen to me. We are writing these things so that our... Say that J word with me. Joy may be complete. Another word for joy is a symbolic word for Jesus. We are writing these things so that Jesus may be complete. And he's saying this because Jesus, joy is not just defined as an emotional feeling. Joy is defined in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. These people literally experience God in chapter two and chapter three. They experience his is is power. They experienced the signs and miraculous miracles that only Jesus could do because he was 100% God as 100% man in this area of Galilee. So physically, there was a physical experience that took place. They heard, they seen, they touched. Here's the second response. There's a spiritual response. Why did Jesus, uh, why did these two different people seek Jesus for healing? Well, they had been given faith. In our verses, in verse 34, there is both a physical language being used with the word faith, and also there's implications of faith being lived out. For instance, we don't see the word faith being used for Jairus' daughter. But we see the word faith used for the woman with the issue of blood. And what that tells us, that defines a theological understanding on the word faith. The word faith is the Greek word pistis. 
And pistis in the Greek language is a feminine word. It's a word that is, it's an experience, you receive it. Well, if you, you can clarify that if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, where it says, By grace you have been saved through what? Faith. And then it goes on, it says, It is the what? Gift of God. Let me be very clear in here. Nobody in this room, theologically, biblically, can muster up faith in their heart. Because faith does not come from you. Faith comes from God. When someone tells someone just have faith, they're not telling you for you yourself have faith in and of itself. What they're preaching, what they're sharing, what they're proclaiming is have faith is the faith that God has given you in salvation. I'll move on to say this. In Romans 10, 17, it says this. So faith comes by Hearing and hearing through the what? Word of Christ. So I put an equation together for us. All right. This is what the equation looks like biblically. All right. Preaching the word of God plus hearing the word of God equals having faith in God. Are you with me? All right. I want you to read that out with me loud and proud because I believe this is strong. These things have to take place for us to experience pistis, true faith. One, two, three. Preaching the word of God plus hearing the word of God equals having faith in God. Let's go back to chapter two and chapter three. This man, this woman, they did not have faith based on what they did. It was a gift from God. We know from chapter 2 and chapter 3, because at that point, we can believe from the implications of understanding the doctrine of faith that God gave faith to this man and to this woman. Moving forward, at the same time, I want to be very clear, the man's faith did not support the young girl, his daughter's faith. And I'll give you clarity as we move on. Going back to the question, why did Jairus and the woman seek Jesus for healing? They heard and experienced the preaching of the word of God prior to this very moment. I want you to hear this reminder. You ready? Miracles like healing in the Bible are experienced only through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Why? God is gracious. God is merciful, and he reveals himself through the person of Jesus Christ. In our text, both Jairus' daughter and this woman experience healing simply because of God's grace. Is it to me? Because of God's grace, what he gave, God's grace through faith. Then the opposite could be true. What do I mean by that? If God does not give grace, if God does not give faith, then we are sunk. Not just those who are in this room, but the whole world. And what I want to address today is the the prosperity gospel. There is a wrong view of healing. Okay? There's teachings in the prosperity gospel, majority of them are televangelists on TV. 
That's why I don't trust most televangelists that are on TV. I'm just going to warn you there right now because a lot of them for the last 50 years have been teaching faith in a wrong biblical manner. This is what they would say about faith, and maybe some of you could agree with me. Some of them, the people who have cancer, the people who have some kind of illness, who are dead, they weren't saved because these teachers, false teachers or televangelists, would say they did not have enough what? Number one, there's an issue with that because faith is not mustered up from our own na'al. It's a gift given by who? God. And to say that we got to have more of something puts the salvation on what we got to do versus what Christ has already done for us. So it makes you partial God because you help God to rescue yourself. Now, does that what the Bible teach? No. Because faith is a gift given by God alone. And we can only operate in that faith if we have heard the word of God and we have received the word of God. I want you to hear me very clearly. Here's the problem with the prosperity gospel when it comes to faith and the story of Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter was unresponsive. Are you with me? She could not do nothing. She was dead. What we see in this text, God heals Jairus' daughter, not because she had faith in God, she was unresponsive. Hear me out. I want you to hear the healing part. God healed Jairus' daughter because God is gracious and merciful. One amen. Because that means not everybody understanding that in the room. Let me say that one more time. God did not heal Jairus' daughter because of anything she had in her. She was dead without breath. Make die dead, Hawaiians. You can't get more clear than that. All right? But God is gracious. God is merciful. I want you to be very clear in this. When God even tells the woman with the issue of blood, going back to that story, that your faith has made you healed, he is not talking primarily about her physical healing. Because that would be the opposite with the girl. He's telling her that your faith has saved you in me. He's not talking about physical healing primarily. He's talking about salvation from damnation, from separation from God alone. If God has rescued you with salvation, not by what you did, but what he did on the cross, what he did in the burial, and what he did in the resurrection. Let me hear a hearty amen this morning. Our healing must be spiritual before it is physical, because I promise you, eventually... Jairus' daughter died. Eventually, the woman with the issue of blood died. We have to come to a senses that this is not permanent here on earth. God has not called us to live forever in this flesh, eating, consuming, entitlement world. God has called us to die because where there is death in Christ, there is life in heaven. That's the joy. That's the broader scheme. So if you have cancer... 
If you have an illness, whatever the deal is, you have a resource just like the lady with the issue of blood, just like Jairus with her daughter to proclaim Jesus. What we have seen, what we have heard, what we have touched with our overhead, we proclaim. That's what the words John used. Are you proclaiming your sufferings? Or are you blaming God for your sin? Can I be honest with you? How many of you have sinned this morning? Raise your hands. Praise the Lord. Now... If you didn't raise your hand, you just, you didn't pass, right, the commandment of you shall not lie. So you need to raise your hand right now and be honest because every one of us have woken up into sin. Whether you didn't give your first breath to the Lord, whether you didn't give your heart to the Lord today. Either way, we are all broken people in need of joy that is found in Jesus. Here's the biblical truth about healing. The doctrine of faith and its purpose is to save a sinner from spiritual death to spiritual life. Can I get a witness there? Let me read it again because I think I wrote it too fast. The doctrine of faith and its purpose, the reason, the reason why God gives us faith is to save a sinner from spiritual death to life. Anything else, listen to me, anything else like healing and physical blessings are an extension of God's grace and mercy revealed to us through Jesus. God does not love us any more or any less than those who are in Africa or those who are in bigger churches with bigger money, whatever the case. God loves us just the same. The way we measure our lives is not based on what we get or don't get. The way we measure our lives is by what Jesus has already accomplished for me and you and how we are faithfully proclaiming the gospel. What we have seen, what we have heard, what we have touched for the glory of his name. Now, I am not in cessationist. Some of our leaders in this church are. I am more of a continuous. I believe that God can still raise people from the dead. I, I believe God can still do miraculous powers. Even if we have if the excuse is, why isn't it happen, happening now? That's not faith. Right? I have heard. I have not seen. But I know people that I heard of that seen people raised from the dead. I believe it happened today. Maybe the reason why we don't see it in America today, because America has lost its chance of seeing that. Maybe. Or maybe the prosperity gospel has ruined our view of miracles. My wife grew up in the totally opposite church background of me. I grew up in a loud, proud, Hawaiian, Pentecostal holiness church, okay? Now, I'm a Baptist preacher today, all right? It is what it is, all right? God has blessed me through Baptist people. He, her, and Kahu Marcus would hear a different message from the church they grew up with, all right? And all that. It just is what it is. Because what happens is we tend to lean to people's understanding of doctrine rather than the word. And so we make different doctrine like sensationism and continuationism. And we got to pick a group and all that. Let me tell you something. We have differences in our leadership in this church. But we unite on one thing. Jesus. 
right? That's true love, right? We said it last week. What is true love, right? What is love if we just love people that look the same like us, act the same like us, is the same like us? That is not love. That is not love. What we got to understand, God, look, Jesus himself, last week, he's speaking to Gentiles. This week, he's speaking with his own people. And to be honest, his own people is entitled and they're selfish. Do you, do you think they really want Jesus overall? Nah. Why? Because when he gets crucified a year later, where are all these multitudes at? The same multitude that begged for healing is now the same multitude that when he was on the cross spitting at him, cursing at him, defiling him. Why? Because it's true. All they wanted was what they could get. Every culture is the same. How do I know this to be true? Because not everyone who has a relationship with God and who are dealing with illness ever gets healed. My mother's story. And this is not because of a lack of faith. Because we denounce a works-based salvation. Here's a reality truth. Healing is a work of God in His sovereign choosing. Not an on-demand service of our choosing. I want to say that again. And I want you to hear you clearly. Because if, if I have to endure some horrible, horrible illnesses. May this be true for my own life. If my wife, if my sons, if any of us in this church have to experience some horrible illness that comes with the fall of this world, I want you to hear this truth. I want you to embrace it. Healing is a work of God in His sovereign choosing. Not an on-demand service of our choosing. This is not Spectrum TV, where we can put everything on DVR. Can I get a witness? And watch and come and go as we please. It is not because there's commercials, so we can fast forward to those commercials and get to the meat of things. The thing about Christian life is enjoying the journey. Because when we enjoy the journey, then guess what? We don't have to stress out about the destination. The destination is promised to us. It's not superstitious that maybe we might get there. That's not the kind of gospel we preach here. The gospel we preach does more than sow seed and let it, it actually blossoms. Right? It does the process of the Holy Spirit life in us and through us. There are issues that we're having in our own na'al, in our own, our own life, right? That we had years ago that we don't have anyway because we're growing in Christ. And you may say, well, Kahu, that was a letdown of a service today, right? If I get cancer, I may not be healed. Or if I get cancer, I will be healed. Man, that's a letdown, Kahu. I didn't come to be discouraged. No, because your heart is set on you and not the Spirit of God. Look at what the apostle says about his life. One of the most theological, scholar men in general. He wrote most of the New Testament. He was an evil person, killed Christians for believing in the Lord Jesus, and God would ravish his life completely. Anybody can, if, if God can change Paul, God can change anyone's life, right? 
I want you to hear his words before as he was in prison in Rome. To the Philippian church, he says this, Indeed, indeed, I count not some things, but say that word with me, everything. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. All education, all doctrine, all life pursuits, all medals of honor, his health, his wealth, he counts them as rubbish. He says, for his sake I have suffered the loss of things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain who? Christ. Even football, coaching it. I love it. The joke has been, you know, next to Jesus, Kahu loves football. Pretty close, right? Counted as rubbish. In order that I may be gained Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through what? Faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His what? Resurrection. And may share with His happiness. Nobody falling along, eh? Suffering. Share with His suffering. If you are suffering today, spiritually, physically, emotionally, say praise God. Oh, praise God. That's a good roar. He didn't say that I would share in your, listen to me, happiness. Sufferings, he says. And he goes on to say why? Becoming like Jesus in his death. That by any means, no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes, by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What is he talking about? Well, just like Jairus and this woman who was healed, Jairus' daughter and this woman who were healed, they're going to die. But they will experience what Paul is asking for. Because Jesus told the woman, woman, your faith has healed you. That's a sealed deal. Not based on your works, but based on Jesus in them. Our goal in this life, listen to me, is not to do stuff for God. I say that. I want to say that every time. Our goal in this life is to know God. That's our goal. How do we know God? Well, there's a daily goal. We must spend time with the Lord. Listen to me. This should also be true for those who you are connected with that need salvation in Jesus more. It's not it's not right for you to know the saving power of the world and you not share it or declare it. It's the opposite of 1 John. What we have seen, what we have tasted, what we have heard, what we have touched, we do nothing with it. And most Christians are living there today. That is not the true gospel. And I want you to see the contrast, the differences in today's story between Jairus' daughter and the woman. It's up on the screen. Number one, we heard Jairus sought out his child's healing. The woman sought out her own healing. 
Nextly, we see that Jairus was considered to be clean. But in the woman's case, the woman was considered unclean. In the Levitical law, it said that any woman under blood cycle, any kind of blood cycle, was not able to hang around the synagogue. Yes, young girls, even you with your mutties, you could, you could not be in the synagogue. But this woman and her faith in Christ wasn't all clear. Did she know Jesus at the time? She didn't know. But God is gracious. God is merciful. With that faith, made a bold stand for her healing. And she went in the synagogue knowing that she could be stoned to death to see Jesus. It even said when Jesus was touched, and we won't cover this question, but what we would cover, when he did say, who touched me, faith did something to that woman. Faith made that woman confess the whole truth. You guys heard me this morning? Faith makes us confess the whole truth. If you get Pilakia in heaven in your life today, we're about to let it go, man. We have people here every Sunday willing to pray with you, but you're too prideful and arrogant to share your sin. Listen to me. If we're going to be people of the scriptures, the, the written word, to experience the living word, we have to respond just like this woman. So I even told my elders, be ready, because I don't know how we're going to respond. Now I know how we're going to respond today. Our elders will be up here in just a minute. Share your faith with them. Nextly, Jairus had all the resources in the world because he was a synagogue leader. He was rich. He was the leader of a community, specifically the synagogue. But the woman ran out of her resources. It said that she used all her money to get healed, but in fact, she got worse. Jarius nextly had a support group. He even said there was people at, her, at his house waiting on him. Well, the woman was all alone by herself. And here's the last difference. Jesus physically touched Jarius' daughter and spoke her to arise. Well, the woman touched Jesus. What is the outcome to this message? You ready? They both were healed. What was the lesson to this story? No matter what background you come from. No matter as, 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 Mar- as Sarah shared over the state, wherever you come from. Jesus is our healer. And I want you to see, because I know you Hawaiians, you guys are about numbers, eh? Oh, Kahu, I saw three things in the water. Oh, you about signs and wonders. Let me just give you, it's not about the sign, but it's pretty interesting. How many years did the woman struggle with the issue of blood in the text? How old was the girl at the time? How many disciples did God send out on the Great Commission? Listen to me. Numbers is not the goal, but it's the means. Everything points to Jesus. The woman suffered for 12 years while this baby precious girl 
did not suffer for 12 years. And God calls these 12 disciples to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel in harsh areas like Hawaii, right? Could you imagine in 1820, right? 20 Haoles coming to the North Shore of the Big Island and they saw half-naked Kanaka Maolis, right? I'm pretty sure some of them struggled with lust. I mean, Hawaiians are sexy, you know what I'm saying? You guys too Christian for hear those kind of words. But you're going to say that on Facebook. I promise you that today, all right? Cody Makahu. Yeah, right. Listen, listen to me. We can have joy down deep in our soul today because of what Jesus has done for